People who do not show any mercy or compassion for others cannot plead for mercy on the ground that they've been waiting on death row for years. In a far-reaching judgment, the Supreme Court has ruled that Khalistani terrorist Devinder Singh Bhullar, responsible for the death of nine people in 1993, cannot have his death sentence commuted to life despite the delay. And this means also, because it's quite far-reaching, that Rajiv Gandhi's killers and those in Virappan's gang will, under normal circumstances, also now head to the gallows because they've been appealing on a similar ground that there's been a great delay and that justice delayed was justice being denied for them. But the Supreme Court now seems to have, has in fact ruled that that's not the case. Delay is not a ground for the death sentence to be commuted. Now, this is a landmark judgment in the Supreme Court. It's been opposed by human rights activists. But we debate a basic point. Why should those on death row be granted mercy in any case? Why, why are we having this debate in the first place? Let's just take a look at this report. Devinder Pal Singh Bhullar will be executed for the 1993 car bomb attack at the Youth Congress office in Delhi that killed nine people. The Supreme Court rejected the crux of his appeal that the President had taken far too long, eight years, to reject his mercy plea. It is paradoxical that the people who do not show any mercy or compassion for others plead for mercy and project delay in disposal of the petition as a ground for commutation of the sentence of death. The ruling shocked Navneet Kaur, who argued the delay has affected him mentally. Reason enough for clemency. Delay and medical mental ground. So these were the two very important points, legal points, on the base of we filed the petition. Buller's judgment significant not only for his family but also for 16 other convicts who are on a death row including three convicted for Rajiv Gandhi's assassination and four associates of Slime Forest Brigand Virappan. Like Buller, their mercy petitions were pending with the president for years before they were rejected. So the big question is, will the top court's verdict pave the way for the execution of others? Legal experts say this will affect other cases, but they won't be executed on the basis of the Buller verdict. Some of the cases are of rapists and mass killers, but at least two are politically sensitive. In Tamil Nadu, the verdict will be carefully assessed to determine the potential fallout. The Jailalitha government had passed a resolution in the assembly seeking clemency for Rajiv Gandhi's killers. Delay in considering the mercy petition was the main issue in Buller's case and uh, as well as the Rajiv Gandhi assassination case, also the accused have come only on the ground of delay. The same impact will be there because this court in Buller's case today said and uh, the petitioner has not made out a case to give a pardon or remission. So under Article 72 of the Constitution by the President of India. The verdict also has political ramifications, especially for Punjab, where there are many who sympathize with Khalistan militants like Bhullar and Balwan Singh Rajwana, who was convicted for assassinating former Punjab Chief Minister Bayan Singh. Last year, when Balwan Singh Rajwana's death sentence was to be carried out, the state government went to the president, asking for a stay on his execution. We are examining what the judgment is. I do not uh, know the exact words of the judgment, so I cannot comment on that. And uh, our party office will issue a statement uh, accordingly. It seems certain that though the judicial battle may be over, 
the political one may only just be beginning bureau report ndtv well it's a complicated case uh, the supreme court's judgment is absolutely far reaching it means that so many people on death row who had been hoping that their death sentence would be commuted to life in jail that will not happen anymore and it should be clarified that the cases of members of uh, the virappan gang or of rajiv gandhi's killers will still come up in the supreme court but a precedent has been set by this judgment we're going to be looking at all of this but uh, let me just introduce our panel this evening joining us uh, pinky anand senior advocate uh, supreme court and member of the bjp's national executive thank you very much for being with us also with us navneet kaur wife of devinder pal singh bhullar thank you ma'am it's a difficult day for you we appreciate your coming to share your views on this program dr sohas chakma director of the asian center for human rights justice rs sodi former judge of the delhi high court Dushyant Dave senior advocate of the Supreme Court N Ram former editor in chief of the Hindu and HS Benz media advisor to the chief minister uh, of Punjab thank you all for joining us it's a power packed panel this evening Mr Benz let me come to you first your reaction on the verdict of the Supreme Court here this stage because we haven't gone into the details of the judgment and uh, but as far as the other side of it is concerned no i'm not here to uh, plead on behalf of anyone for mercy or something uh, but i'm here to uh, look at the whole issue from the uh, national angle and from the angle of a uh, long term national interests the legal side obviously you got the experts there who would be talking about it and i'm not even qualified to do that but uh, our concern uh, has always been and still is um how is is there is there a window for operationalizing statesmanship uh, in the entire thing and where in uh, do our national so why don't you lie? say it straight do you that consider is, this an unfortunate judgment we are told that the akali dal and the sgpc have considered this judgment unfortunate is that your stand that you believe that justice has not been delivered is that what you are saying actually i just said that as far as the justice part is concerned that is a legal thing and i haven't gone through the judgment as yet so i'll not like to comment on that certainly not today but i'm 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 saying unfortunate in the sense yes anything which uh, uh, sort of uh, opens up a possibility of uh, return to bad old days Yes, but I, I'm still not there. I'm, I'm just talking uh, about. But Mr. Benz, you're not being direct at all. Is this decision. is this I'm because not, of uh, the sensitivities that you face in in, do in I your have state? To be, do I, right. I, this is this is this is a state issue. It's a national act, issue. Act, Terrorism is an international issue as well. Why are you vacillating on this subject? If the Supreme Court has ruled today, definitely. why can't you welcome that judgment? Why can't you go beyond what has happened in the past or our political considerations? too important for you actually you just said that in fact there i'm going be you said i'm not going beyond what happened in the past in fact i'm asking you also and everybody in the country to go beyond that and to not uh, you know cry for uh, uh, eye for an eye and to see what i'm arguing about here is not devinder pal singh bhullar or uh, the killer of rajiv gandhi or xyz what i'm looking at is where in does our national interest lie if it lies in um, uh, uh, reopening old wounds and uh, stuff like that and if satisfies somebody's vendetta or somebody's revenge motive fine but does it really 
Is it likely to leave an impact okay, on so the sir, I'll take your explanation because I'm afraid it's not your, your answer is not direct and there are political sensitivities. I'll come back to you in a moment. I want to go across to Dr. Abhishek Singhvi, Rajya Sabha MP of the Congress. I'll come back to you in a moment, sir. I want to go across to Dr. Singhvi who joins me at this stage. Uh, Dr. Singhvi, uh, your first reaction to this judgment of the Supreme Court. Let me start by saying that uh, political parties don't really uh, react to judgments. Uh, judgments are driven by courts of law and I don't think a political party for which I speak has taken any decision on it. So I'm speaking as much in my sure. capacity as a man of the law as in politics. Second, I personally, uh, as a member of the legal fraternity, welcome the judgment. I think it's the correct judgment. Personally speaking, I do not think that this principle of non-executable death sentences merely on account of delay is an easy principle to handle. There are a wide number of implications when a matter is pending. Delay caused by whom, to what extent by obstructive tactics, to what extent by the prisoner himself or his family or those acting as proxy on their behalf, how much delay is attributable only to the state. So a, a, a mercy petition or a, a, a death sentence converted to not death sentence only on the ground of delay is a very dangerous proposition to handle in practice. And I'm glad that the Supreme Court has more or less made that clear. Uh, I but do, Dr. Singh, however, the, think the, the that is absolutely right. One so, second more. One second yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. I think it's absolutely right that the government has been directed and in fact criticized. I think that's right for any department to be criticized that they must be reminding constantly that delay should not occur. I think alacrity, which the Supreme Court has emphasized, is important. If there has been administrative bureaucratic delay in the department not chasing the file at the president's level, I think it's a good signal that this should happen in the future, and I think we should take it uh, in a humble spirit of, of, of implementing in the future. But Dr. Singh, because what you're referring to... That is a legal principle... Yes, what you're, re what yes. you're referring to is not just bureaucratic or administrative delays, sir. The Supreme Court, in its judgment today, and I'm reading from it, says during the period 2005 May and May 2011, immense pressure was brought upon the government in the form of representations by various political and non-political functionaries, organizations, several individuals from other countries. This appears to be one of the reasons why the file remained pending in the President's Secretariat. No effort was made for deciding the petitioner's case. This was a government under pressure. It wasn't just a bureaucratic delay. This is what the Supreme Court says. How do you react, sir? No, I think the last two sentences the Supreme Court did not say. The rest of everything the Supreme Court has said, no, sir, this I think is every a, a copy from the order. Take sir. it with a. No, no, the last sentence which you said, government under pressure. That no, I sir, hope that's my Supreme question to you. No, that's my yeah, interpretation yeah, yeah. of that statement. Now, my yes. answer, my, yes, my answer, my answer is simple. Whatever you've read is, I think, to be taken, should be taken, must be taken as constructive criticism by the government, and I don't think anybody takes it remiss. There can't be two views that such files must be chased with alacrity. But inbuilt into that Supreme Court mandate is the fact, which is uncontrollable, that different interest groups in our country keep on representing, sometimes delaying and obstructing. And that is something which is very difficult to handle. But that's also but part of the, the, natural, the, 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 the natural course of justice, sir. Is, uh, I mean, would you, wouldn't you agree that till the very end there needs to be a constant process of appeals which should be permitted? I don't think that till the very end phrase I agree with because okay. many of these are repetitive many of these are you see now suppose after this judgment tomorrow a date is fixed for hanging let me give an example I'm not talking of a case or B case 
and somebody is technically entitled to still approach the Supreme Court on some kind of a point. I think it should be made very clear that unless it's something absolutely novel or different, not merely old things dressed up uh, in new garb, it should not be allowed. Because actually you are, you are uh, prolonging the agony and the terror and the uh, problem with the man on death row. Of course, this is a bizarre case where Buller himself is so you agree with the petitioner, sir. You, you agree then with the petitioner, because that's what the that, no, that, no 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 because no, that's no, what no, they've been saying. saying that after you've exhausted, no 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 no, I'm saying after you've exhausted, for example, today's judgment, yes, and a date is fixed for hanging. If you have yet another prolongation attempt, you are actually doing disservice to the person. I'm saying that kind of thing should be allowed only with something <coughs> genuinely new, yes. not merely repeated pleas dressed up. All right, sir. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, with that perspective, you're welcome to remain on this debate, should you choose. So please. But, ma'am, I wanted to to speak to you first. And once again, I realize how difficult it is uh, for you to be here today. One of the points that the court has mentioned is, though the documents produced by Shri KTS Tulsi, the lawyer, Rev. Senior Counsel, representing you in this case, do give an indication that on account of prolonged detention in jail after your husband's conviction and sentence to death he had suffered physically and mentally the court says that this did happen the same cannot be relied upon for recording a finding that the petitioner's mental health has deteriorated to such an extent that the sentence awarded to him cannot be executed yes his health has suffered but that there is no proof that it's it has suffered so much this is what the court has said how do you react to this part which concerns his health and his mental health which you were talking about earlier First, I want to mention the question you have asked me, like uh, uh, about the health. How how yes. was how? They didn't uh, today. If you watch the doctor's uh, exclusive interview today, he he mentioned that they never asked him about his health report or whatever. They didn't ask court. Didn't ask them. They learn doctor's opinion. How is health going? How is his uh, mental uh, uh, condition doing? And so, ma'am, what do you intend to do from here on? I mean, is the last chance for appeal over for you effectively? What have your lawyers advised you? Um, we didn't talk much about uh, this because judgment came late uh, from the orders. We were waiting for the orders, but some points they made though. So I don't know yet. Might like uh, lately we have um, uh, heard from doctors. That makes a little bit hope. Ma'am, how do you react to those who say that your husband was a terrorist, a Khalistani terrorist? He killed nine innocent people in 1993 in Delhi. The he has repeatedly appealed. He has lost all of those appeals. And today, and, and inevitably, justice will be delivered. How do you react to all of those people in the country who say that, that justice must be delivered? First of all, I want to mention he was not a terrorist. He was a professor and he was uh, having a good life and he was uh, not a uh, professional any like he was a professor so when in the uh, 90 after 88 after 84 there was punjab situation was burning and that time there there uh, the police was looking for the youngsters to looking for the what they are doing in the college what they are doing in the villages what they are doing so that time the boys were gone to missing and his college got affected on that situation too and that's why one day non-december 
1991, uh, somebody mentioned his name, maybe his friend, maybe he's uh, known to him and that he is involved in somewhere. But every part of the appeal has been rejected. There mm -hmm. have been multiple appeals over the years well before the mercy petition was even considered. Mm -hmm. uh, Ma'am, at the end of the day, I mean, it's, you have lost the case mm -hmm. over here. Mm -hmm. uh, do members of your family perhaps feel that you have to accept it? You have to make a statement over here that terrorism was wrong, the death of those people were wrong, the courts have ruled repeatedly? That's what I'm telling. He was not a terrorist. And then when our family gets suffered, his father and father got killed, his uncle got killed, and we ha had a like huge problems that time. And he wanted to escape himself. That's why he was trying to go to Germany. Well, on a fake passport, and yeah, he was brought uh, back. That time he was uh, okay. saving his life. All right, ma'am. Uh, I take the point that you're trying to make, Pinky. Let me bring you into this debate. Uh, it's an incredibly sensitive subject, certainly sensitive in Punjab for various reasons. Uh, the Akalis have criticized what has happened today. The BJP has not. So is there a difference over there? See, I, I don't think we really want to go into that territory. I think what we have here today is, is, is a judgment to, to which certain initial responses are being made. And I have heard, in fact, the uh, responses of the Akali. And in fact, to that I wish to address one yes. situation. The statement made there is that uh, there are 2% uh, in the country, the representation is that much. And if there was no hanging in, in uh, 1984 riots, why should there be hanging in this case? This is one of the arguments which is... Uh, going the round so to say I've been hearing that but you know I, th I think we have to come to a larger issue just see here what we have we have a position where a judgment has fructified into a finality not only at the stage of the legal levels right up to the stage of the SLP but the mercy petition and thereafter the judicial review power of the Supreme Court all of which have culminated into this final verdict and what was the reason for this consideration the ground urge was delay in our country today we are fighting for the supremacy of law we are fighting for the supremacy of the rule of law saying that you know the justice must not only be done but must be seen to be done now in this kind of case where every avenue of legal possibility has been given to the accused you culminate into a final judgment and the judgment holds a delay on the ground if, if the bjp has been fighting for the cause of justice then why is there a difference right now in speaking, the case? Right now, Vishnu, I'm speaking more as a lawyer but, than but on, on behalf of the BJP at that but, point But of why time. don't you also speak uh, you know, on, on behalf of the BJP? Because if you look at the Afzal case, this is a case which the BJP has spoken about ad nauseum over the year, years and felt that justice was not being delivered. How many times has the BJP actually come out and said the same in the Bhullar case in as proactive a manner as they've done in other cases? See, the point is when the political parties take their own stances, I don't want to get into that situation. That's what I said. I'm speaking as a lawyer and that's what I wish to address as. And the fact being that that, that judgment call is very straight. You are having a situation where delay has been rejected and the criminal justice system is looking forward to a new awakening of time and age. So I take that point you're making. But, yeah. but putting on your political hat, is there a difference in opinion between the BJP and the Akalis right, in no, Punjab all, on this, this issue? Right, this is all Vishnu. I mean, it's, this is all under discussion at this point of it's, time. It's, it's an important issue in the state. It's an extremely emotive and sensitive issue. Vishnu, let, but, me, let me just answer but you. But why, why don't you answer that question? I'm answering you in, okay. a, in a different way. I'm afraid I wish I could give you a, a cogent and full answer here. But at this point of time, it is all under a process of discussion. <coughs> the judgment has just come in. It is impossible at this point to react at the uh, pol political level on this issue. Dr. Suhas Chakma, um, you know, some statistics which have come out from the Asian Center for Human Rights 
indicate and, and which which clearly indicate that it's no that the death penalty in India is no longer rarest of the rare. This is an argument that that you have made. A total of one thousand four hundred and fifty-five convicts, or one hundred and thirty-two plus convicts per year, were given the death penalty between two thousand one and two thousand eleven. Uh, that being the case. Uh, Justice still needs to be delivered. Why do you believe that what has happened today is a step backwards? Well, it's a step backward because I think it was a rare opportunity for Supreme Court to actually examine the entire syndrome of death row convict. Whether somebody staying in the queue for a long period of time actually suffers mentally and physically enough that he cannot be executed. That's one aspect. The second aspect of this case is the fact that you know if we have seen the way the government had conducted itself in the last one or two years with respect to executions they have followed the policy of arbitrariness and discrimination now when everybody is convicted irrespective of whatever crime and once they have been convicted and punished with that penalty they are equal before the law you cannot pick up that this person should be hanged no, but, but tell us a little bit more about death row syndrome why is it that the supreme court after in its entire report has not taken uh, into account or doesn't believe that what, what you're saying is valuable enough no, I think it's extremely unfortunate. The Supreme Court has already taken cognizance of the fact that, to some extent, he has mentally and physically suffered. But not, the not to the extent that no, it's the, not for the court the to decide. It's for the, the court medical has board to decide. But I the mean, court has decided. Well, I mean, if if uh, uh, Mrs. Buller is, is uh, speaking the correct thing, then the medical opinion of the doctor has not been so. The sought. reports were produced uh, by Mr. Tulsi as far as the judgment recites. But but death row syndrome, why? Because. After this judgment, people in India will believe that what you are saying isn't actually correct. That at the end of the day, this death row syndrome is something which is hype. Ultimately, justice needs to be delivered. How do you react to that? No, there is no dispute that justice needs to be delivered. But the question is, again, I mean, why that justice needs to be delivered only by hanging? I think two issues which I want to make on this. First, I think internationally, European Court of Human Rights has actually recognized that in case of death row syndrome, if the particular convicts are suffering from it, then that penalty should not be given. That's one aspect. The second aspect of it, even if we are going to talk about the merits of the case, uh, you know, the people who have been given whose sentences have been committed to life imprisonment. The Supreme Court had anonymous opinion. There was no divergence of views. But in the case of Mr. Buller, one of the judges, Justice Ambisha, actually had dissented. So now the question is, if you are going to decide about that, there penalty, was one dissenting judge. One dissenting judge, judges, including the Supreme Court, who but actually you know, ruled against at, If you look at the cases for which Bob Pranam Mukherjee and Pratibhavatil had actually committed to life imprisonment, there was no dissenting judgment from the Supreme Court. Then on what basis you decide? Okay. There has to be some criteria to decide who should be getting the death penalty and who should not be getting the death penalty. Okay. Justice Sodhi, uh, would you like to reflect on that point that uh, the, the criteria is, is a bit vague, it's a bit ambiguous, it's the most heinous crime, but there appear to be cases, according to Mr. Chakma, where the court has ruled in a particular direction, on, in other cases they appear to have been more lenient. You see, this is a discretion which is given entirely to the president. And of course, he will work, or he will take this decision on the basis of advice given to him. But uh, yes, since uh, uh, his reasoning does not find mention anywhere, they, uh, this decision can always be open to challenge of arbitration, arbitrariness. You know, uh, it is, it is, uh, it's unfortunate, but yes, this particular mercy plea or petition which, which, which carries with it 
other than what the Supreme Court or the courts, uh, last court has held as uh, being rarest of the rare, there are certain other uh, uh, criteria which can be gone into by the, by the President. Did he go into them? Has he, has he considered all the aspect? In this particular case, probably there has been a dissent by, by a judgment, uh, by a judge of the Supreme Court himself. Was it considered? Was it not considered? Uh, was his health taken into consideration or not taken into consideration? But all these things are uh, in, in a grey area which do need a little bit of clarification. But by and large, the Supreme Court has uh, has you know sorted out or ironed out the most of the grey area which was troubling uh, troubling a, a large number of us earlier that uh, uh, this delay factor is is is, is most uh, discerning sure. and it has to be decided one way or the other what is the what is the limit of delay where, where do you commute and where do you where you where do you not commute yeah in fact I wanted to the ask Supreme Court has given its reasoning and their judicial reasonings yes. open to challenge. I wanted to ask Dushyan Dave that what is a reasonable period uh, because in the order there is no time period which has been indicated that while the Supreme Court has been critical of, uh, of the, uh, the, the office of the President and the Home Ministry it's not specified a certain number of years within which it's reasonably acceptable that a person can be kept on death row uh, isn't that something that perhaps needs to be addressed in the future as well <coughs> <coughs> Thank you. Finally, you have noticed that I exist on your show. Uh, let no, me no, I have noticed. I'm sorry. We've got lots of other panelists. Uh, Go ahead, sir. The, <laughs> the, yeah, you know, you, this is the problem with uh, the anchors. They pack the panels in such a way that it becomes very difficult for any one person to really communicate the views to the public at large. I sincerely, anyway, sincerely apologize. Go ahead. Let me tell you. The judgment, judgment. No, that's okay. The judgment has to be looked at from two perspectives. One is the short-term perspective or the immediate perspective, namely whether the delay itself is it a good ground to commute the death sentence and to ensure that the mercy petition would stand allowed. There, according to me, the Supreme Court is absolutely right that delay per se can't be a ground for the purpose of uh, holding that the mercy petition ought to have been allowed and that therefore the death sentence must be commuted. But having said that, I think the Supreme Court has left a lot of loose ends. Mm -hmm. One of the loose ends is that the Supreme Court has clearly forgotten that every power, and this is a constitutional power, every power must be exercised and must be exercised reasonably. You can't therefore expect the power, you know, uh, uh, the authority who is to exercise the power to wait over that uh, situation for one, two, three, four, five, seven years. That's completely absurd, absolutely absurd. And I think if that happens, then, you know, nobody is going to be safe in a constitutional scheme. Supreme Court should have said that maximum period of three months would be available to the president or the governor as the case may be to decide a mercy petition. And I think if Supreme Court had done that, it would have done a great service to the nation. I think Supreme Court has failed to do so. That's one. Two, so far as the case of uh, Mr. Buller is concerned, I think the Supreme Court could have and ought to have considered one aspect. And let me say one thing that I certainly stand against completely, you know, in favor of death sentences in cases related to terrorism. Yes. And I have no sympathy for terrorists. But in case of Mr. Buller, there is no doubt about the fact that one of our ablest judges, Justice Shah, has given an extremely powerful dissent. And it's not just a dissent. 
he comes to a conclusion that Mr. Bullard's conviction is based solely on the so-called confessional statement and that there is no corroborative evidence to support that. Once he comes to that conclusion and he has ordered a complete acquittal of Mr. Bullard, if that be so, I think that it was a perfect case where the president could have said that in this case, although the two judges have confirmed the death sentence, it's a case where it should be commuted to, because that's the power. Right. See, what, what are the, Article 62 doesn't mention any ground on which it can be exercised. Okay. But when a discretion is conferred, it's not an uncanalized discretion. It's a discretion which obliges the president to take into account relevant factors. And one of the most relevant factor was the powerful dissent of Justice Shah for an acquittal, not just a dissent. Therefore, I personally feel that in the case of Mr. Buller, it was a fit case and I, I, I feel quite sorry that the Supreme Court really didn't look into this aspect to really say that President was wrong in rejecting his mercy petition. It ought to have been allowed or it should have been sent back to the President for a fresh consideration. So to that extent, there is real inconsistency in the judgment. Mr. Ram, uh, the fact is that the judgment has taken place. Uh, it affects Tamil Nadu also in a pretty profound way. Uh, the entire Rajiv Gandhi uh, assassination case, uh, it also concerns the Virapan case because that had also gone into the process of appeal. Uh, what is the larger message which has been sent out and which is now very much the law of the land? Vishnu, let me respond to this at two levels. One is capital punishment in my view I share this with a large number of human rights campaigners around the world and organizations in many countries, is barbaric. It's no place in a civilized contemporary society. But let's leave that aside for the moment in discussing this case. I read the Supreme, this Supreme Court judgment fairly closely, thanks to your uh, senior legal correspondent who sent it to me very early. And I think it's a fierce judgment most of it is quotations from other judgments yes and uh, it does not lay down any guidelines uh, and uh, it, it just uh, it, it excuses the what it calls the inexplicable delay uh, of the executive of course the president uh, presumably is bound by the advice of the council of ministers and there is no explanation no rhyme or reason for uh, this kind of delay uh, from 2005 so it's totally unacceptable and I'm very, very disappointed with the reasoning provided in the Supreme Court judgment. Of course, it cites the most important Supreme Court judgment, the Triveni Ben judgment of yes. 1989. But if you read the, uh, the text carefully, you'll see that delay can be, is a factor that can be considered Again, circumstances of the crime, etc. A, a distinction don't think this sir, has been made has done in, in, that at all, Tada cases. A distinction has been made for Tada cases, and that's except been mentioned in this terrorists, yeah. right? And, and Tada cases. Tada, Tada, we know what happened. They deserve no mercy. That seems to be the tone that the court has has uh, has taken. Very specifically. That's why I say it's a fierce judgment, and Tada is totally unacceptable today. You know what people, democratic campaigners, have thought about it. Uh, it's uh, it's gone, and I think today. Uh, but in Tamil Nadu, you asked me about the Tamil Nadu question. I think I, I, I'm not going to take uh, shelter behind the argument that uh, the public opinion will uh, rise in revolt and so on, because we saw in Jammu and Kashmir after uh, 
after the execution of Abdul Guru. Yes. There was some trouble. It was contained in Punjab too. I think it, it will not be uncontrollable, nor in Tamil Nadu. That's not the argument. The argument is that it, it's not also a fair, just, and reasonable procedure that's been followed. But above all, the executive stands indicted because it's not provided any rational reason, any just reason, anything reasonable to, by way of explaining this atrocious right. delay. And the other point made by, just before me, I think is very, very important. I didn't know about it, Justice Shah's uh, dissent. And uh, I have great admiration for that for judge. Just, all right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us this evening. Uh, one way or the other, the, the consequences of this judgment will be absolutely far-reaching. Uh, and the writing for the moment seems to be on the wall as far as the killers of uh, Rajiv Gandhi are concerned, as far as those in Virappan's gang are concerned. Thank you all very much for joining us. Well, he's been accused by the CPM of going beyond his brief and making unwarranted statements. Well, today, the governor of Bengal, M.K. Narayan, did some more plain speaking, this time to students of Presidency University. Politics in the country has become more coarse, is what he said. We have slid back when it comes to politics. Failing to acknowledge one's guilt has been one of the fault lines. What the governor says is common knowledge, but will this be accepted by political parties in the ultra-sensitive situation in Kolkata these days? A mob with some people carrying Trinamool flags attacking Kolkata's iconic Presidency University. 48 hours later, a public apology by the West Bengal governor, who is also the chancellor of the university. I apologize to all the students of Presidency College, or perhaps of the students of, of the students of, of the, all the universities in Calcutta and in Bengal for what has happened. But M.K. Narayanan stopped well short of criticizing Mamta Banerjee. Various TMCB leaders have said that their party bears no responsibility for this, that they have no involvement in this. When video footage of the invaders have been provided, they continue to deny that such an assault has taken place. Sir, what is your response to this? Let us investigate into, into what has happened. The Chief Minister herself has said that this is a dream project of hers. And it therefore, it's, it's, it's rather or too inexplicable that they should have carried out an attack on as a conscious effort on the, I mean, if the political party that you mentioned is involved. So I will wait to see what the police investigation reveals. Five people have been arrested, but not one of them seems to have a clear link to the Trinamool. And that's not all. The Trinamool Chhatra Parishad has filed a tit-for-tat charge against two students, one a current student of presidency, another an ex-student, claiming that they hurled stones at party activists. The students today challenged the governor to explain this false case. A false case is a false case. We should not, we should never entertain a false case. Keep the faith. Do not kill them. The students were happy the governor came by, but reactions to what he said were mixed. As regards these false cases, I do not, I'm not really sure what the government is going to do. Meanwhile, a day after her party colleague questioned the political allegiances of Vice-Chancellor Malubika Sharkar, the Chief Minister seems to be trying to defuse the situation. Today, Mamta Banerjee, from her hospital bed, called the Vice-Chancellor and reportedly assured her of support. But with no action yet against the Trinamool councillor seen in the pictures, 
or the other activists of the Trinamool students' wing seen in and around the presidency campus on Wednesday, demands for an independent inquiry are now getting louder. With Muradipa Banerjee in Kolkata, Anasya Mathur for NDTV. Well, is the worst over in politically sensitive Kolkata at this stage? Has the governor done the right thing by reaching out to students? Were some of the remarks that he made on the nature of politics, were they perhaps appropriate? Were they not? Did he once again possibly go beyond what most governors would speak about? Uh, can the process of student politics be decriminalized in West Bengal? Well, joining us to discuss all of this, Professor Om Prakash Mishra, General Secretary of the West Bengal Pradesh Congress Committee. Nilotpal Basu, Central Secretariat member of the CPM here with us. And Ananya Chakravarti, she's a professor of journalism at St. Xavier's College in Kolkata and someone who tracks the Trinamool very, very closely. Uh, Mr. Basu, let me come to you first. One of the remarks made by the governor today is politics in the country has become coarser. We have slid back when it comes to politics. Failing to acknowledge one's guilt has been one of the fault lines. He wasn't speaking about any one party. But given the fact that the CPM has criticized him in the last few days, do you continue in that line? You see, we have not really criticized. We have raised certain questions about the constitutionality of his action and his statements. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, we are uh, uh, quite happy that he tried to reach out to the students. But there also, you see, if you compare what he said in presidency today, and the statement uh, he made the other day. Now, towards uh, delivery of justice, uh, he tells the uh, students to hold their patience, mm -hmm. that let the investigation be over. Mm -hmm. And you contrast this to what he uh, says about the custodial death of a boy. Mm -hmm. Now, regardless of the manner of the death, the law of the land is very clear. The responsibility is squarely on the police or the administration. Now, there, how can the police investigate? And before the investigation, the chief minister comes to a conclusion that it is an accidental death. Now, he does not advise her publicly to apologize for the failure of the administration. Now, contrast this with uh, what he says about uh, the Delhi incident. He not only comes to a conclusion that CPIM is the culprit, she also, he also thinks that uh, CPIM has premeditated the attack and result of this. So I think uh, he can get uh, philosophical in terms of uh, his commentary on the contemporary... But he has to be uh, consistent is what you are saying. Uh, but, but I think more than that, what we are looking at an uh, uh, office of uh, constitutional uh, functionary is that whether he is discharging his role in pursuance of the constitutional mandate that has been entrusted on, on him. I just, I just want to get Ananya to respond to that. Uh, respond to that. You heard what Mr. Basu uh, had to say, that the, the functions of the statements of the governor uh, were not fair. I think that's what he's trying to say necessarily to the left. Uh, they seem to be biased in certain instances. How do you respond? I think he's also trying to say that whether he overstepped his brief as a governor, but I would, uh, I'm sure Mr. Nilotwal Basu knows the constitution much more than I do, but I would just humbly remind him that one of the roles of the governor is also to ensure the welfare of the people. So in that sense, he's, he, he's within his rights to make statements. And uh, I don't see any reason why uh, you know he you know he should wait for the investigation to be over. 
And just one little thing that uh, this incident in presidency, this extremely regrettable incident in presidency happened 24 hours ago and already six, not five, six people have been arrested, one of them a TMC member. But if you compare it to the Delhi incident, not a single person has been arrested so far. So uh, when it comes if to administration, member has been arrested. Ananya, if a TMC yes. member has been arrested, doesn't it fly in the face of what your party has been saying over the last couple of days, that there was no involvement of the Trinamool at all in the vandalism at, uh, at the university no, presidency? No, I think, I think uh, what it means is that the police is neutral here, that they have also arrested a TMC member. And I don't think that quite holds for the 34-year left-front regime that we have The police is neutral. The police were apparently standing by when all of this happened. I think, I think, uh, yes. Mr. Basu, go ahead. Yes, Vishnu, two, policemen, Vishnu. two policemen were standing ahead, uh, standing there, but they, I'm sure they will be punished. Uh, I think, uh, Mr. Chakravarti, I would uh, like to really engage you on a different question. You see, let us for a moment come out of this very charged political uh, divide yes. that is there in Bengal because the people of the state really are craving for peace. Yes. Therefore, I think uh, let us come to a, a question which uh, necessarily does not uh, put us on uh, two sides of the barricade, so to say, and let us discuss that, you see, in a constitutional situation, uh, there is, uh, there will be political parties and there is a constitutionally elected government. Now, uh, if we start uh, the, the uh, addressing of the problem from how the uh, constitutionally elected government can uh, really, without abdicating its responsibility, uh, 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 address the concerns of the citizen. So, how, and how from has it abdicated its responsibility? Let, let me, let me, let me, let me. Therefore, I think when, when the media was being addressed by people like uh, senior ministers like Partho Chatterjee or Shubhrata Mukherjee, they went barsark against the vice chancellor or the register. And uh, uh, after such a brazen incident, now what you are saying that some, we are assured that at least one TMC member has been arrested because people have seen. No, but what what's the point that you are making, sir? Ma I am saying exactly. that let what us, let us discuss that how the... Uh, constitutionally elected government, I think uh, the governor also has indicated in that direction, uh, each of these problems from uh, what is the constitutional mandate of the state government rather than going into parties. Uh, let us, the, the uh, constitutional the, mandate of the state government in ensuring peace, that's what you're asking. Ensuring peace right. and delivering of a justice in a case as present as a custodial death, whether regardless of the manner of death, where the responsibility squarely, okay, and I, I, I will share with your uh, viewers uh, also I, one fact. I, I would like to. You see, I, I, you, I, see, I'll come I to you, you see, you see, today was the limit uh, uh, set by the uh, State Human Rights Commission for the Kolkata Police to uh, give a report on uh, how Shudipto has died. Now, till now, there is no report available with the State Human Rights Commission. No, but that isn't to say the report won't come. But Ananya, you had a point. You had, just go ahead. No, what I'm saying is that I, I, I'm, not, I'm not holding the mandate for TMC. I'm, I certainly wanted change. And I certainly wanted freedom from the bondage of 35 years of CPM rule in Bengal. 
and the, when during the CPM rule there was peace, as Nilotwal, Mr. Nilotwal Basu would claim, but there is a difference between peace and lack of, and uh, and uh, latent violence. So in those days there was no other union, no other union was allowed. Anybody who wanted to join a college had to be a member of CPI. Anybody who wanted a degree had to be a member of CPI. Anybody who was not a sorry, not uh, of SFI, and anybody who was not a member of SFI was largely victimized. Uh, now what, now yeah. we finally have an opposition. We finally have two parties fighting an election. I, I, I just get from from that is factually untrue. You know at that time also 30% of the college students... Mr. Mishra, I am coming to you one second. Then why? Opposition student organization. Alright, one second Mr. Basu. Ananya, one second. Mr. Mishra, you have been waiting very patiently. Go ahead. Well, actually, it is a contest between the terrible and the horrible. And uh, what the CPIM has been doing to this state, the CPIM part 1 is over, the part 2 rule of the CPIM has begun under the Trinamool Congress. We have comprehensively condemned all the incidents that has happened. But I would like to enlarge the ambit of this discussion. Yes. Why only attack on the presidency university? In fact, 500 to 700 political party offices throughout West Bengal has been attacked by the Trinamool Congress. That includes the party offices of the Congress party, of the CPIM, other left party constituents. The Trinamool Congress has unleashed a reign of terror in West Bengal in the countryside. Today, three of the members of the Mamta Banerjee cabinet, one of them, Partho Chatterjee, denies any Trinamool Congress involvement. Education minister questions the vice chancellor and the registrar that why they have spoken to the media. And Subroto Mukherjee, another the senior vice chancellor today personally. But, 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 but the, the chief minister spoke to the vice chancellor and said the presidency university is a priority. So, Sir, one moment, sir. Absolutely. Sir, the, 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 the Chief Minister, Mamta Banerjee spoke to the Vice Chancellor and, 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 and commended her. What about the ministers of Mamta Banerjee cabinet? And why? Why? Why the political hooliganism which has spread okay, out? Okay, Anale, you, uh, uh, you, you want to, you want to take him on on that point? Trinamool Congress activist has not yes. been Okay, uh, one minute, arrested. Mr. Bishra. One minute, go ahead, Anale. Yes. They should, they should uh, be arrested. Yeah. First of all, I would like to, first of all, I would like to say that I'm, I'm a professor, I'm an educationist, and therefore I deeply condemn very strongly condemn whatever happened there. Can I it's ask you tragic. a question, ma'am? When, when did you become a professor? Let me first finish. When did you become a professor? When did you become a professor? Because in the, in the left front uh, uh, rule, nobody, no non-CPM could become a professor. Yes, I could. I became a professor because it's, it's a minority no, college. Your, like your caterers could not do anything there. They are not allowed into that college. Oh. Unfortunate. We are very, very no, no, fortunate. Uh, uh, and, be, and because I we am, do not I allow political unions. I have professor relations for many years and a Congress activist too. <laughs> it's yeah, so? But that is not the issue. Issue so is that, that's a, that's that's a central, uh, what that's is a central university. It is the CPIM and the Trinamool Congress. They are trying to divide the political space in a most artificial way and which actually is a very big problem here in West Bengal. 
in fact the cpm and the trinamool they are trying to polarize the state and then they are trying to have this sam conflict it is the what cpm by, ideology what do you mean by cpm means state? method any that democracy is, is polarized by the trinamool so we all know about it so Every and other you state are holding the mantle of the Trinamool Congress. Why should you deny every, that? Every state, there is no reason for you to state, deny that. Every state has at least a two-party democracy. West Bengal did not have a two-party democracy for 34 years. Your party, party, Mr. Mishra, has so a tacit understanding and with our the political party actually has so that no other party could come to power. Because it was because of the Congress and the CPIM I would not blame you because you do not know all these details. I do. You have, I do, Mr. You have joined politics you only last about one know. two years. You do not know these details. I so have I not joined politics. I'm sorry. I'm not a politician. Politics is not my profession. No, no, no. Uh, you have been it, a spokesperson of Trinamool Congress last one and half year. I have been there with you on it, the television channel. <laughs> I, I do know. No, ma'am, since you <laughs> so are not a politician, let me ask you one question. It is, is the politics I mean, this boy who died in the police custody, what? is it an open and shut case that the responsibility is squarely on the state administration? No, it is not an open and shut case because it has not been investigated. I deeply regret no, what happened he, to that student. He, uh, but you, but you, you I said you protect let us say that he was not murdered, but he died in police custody. by the CPIM and, that and they brainwashed him. I mean, he died in police custody. That politics. is something which the and police officers accepted. the CPIM is equally to blame for his death. He has died in the police custody. You that you is an open and shut case. Ignore what the, what the sister had said. He, he did not die in police custody. Are we having a debate between CPIM part 1 and CPIM part 2? I think we've got uh, another taste of what Bengal politics is all about. At the end of the day, I think we can all agree that there needs to be peace in the state and certainly in the, sta in the city of Kolkata. Will politics and student politics in Bengal ever be decriminalized? I think all of our panelists would hope that that would be the case someday. I'd like to thank and that all is, of that you. That is what the state wants. That is why all I the problems started. That is why you need what you need in presidency. Because they want, they want. That is why your people did what they did in presidency. Let's just wait for that to happen and let's, let's tone things down and we'll end this program on a very positive note. A top honor for the legendary actor Pran. Take a look. मेरी बेटी कहाँ है?